Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. We are uh, closing the series that we have been in for the last two months uh, that we have entitled The Choice. And so uh, today we're going to wrap up a lot of the things that we've talked about over these last eight weeks and uh, really hopefully solidify some of the points that we have been making this morning. There's been a, a tagline that has gone along with this series entitled The Choice and that it's direction, not intention that leads to our destination. So it's not really by kind of wishing or hoping, but it's us being more determined about the path that we choose that truly gets us to the destination that God has always desired for us. But as we close today, I want to add just one more word. I want to add on to that tagline just a little bit more with you today. And I want to add the word attention. Attention to your direction. So as we kind of wrap our arms around this, we realize that we've got to hold on to these truths that we're not just ending a series, but we're building this momentum of our life to help us to be able to walk the path that we continue to go. So as our attention goes, so goes our life, right? As our attention goes, so goes our life. So let me just ask you a question this morning. We think about attention, right? So what has the power to get your attention? What has the power to get your attention? Well, I mean, I think if we took some time today, we would probably hear hundreds of things, right? All of us, maybe some that, that we all would share the same, but but. But again, all of us, there would be many other things, right, individually that seem to get our attention, how it captivates us. You see, we live in a world of distraction overload, right? Everything is vying for your attention. Somebody wants to get you something. Somebody wants to sell you something. Somebody wants to involve you in what they have going on. That we live in a world that has distraction overload. What gets our attention? Well, if you drive down the highway, how many know billboards get your attention? And if you don't think they get your attention, every one of them get me. How many have seen that billboard that's just kind of blank and it just kind of says, gotcha, or gotcha looking at me or something like that, right? There's not even an ad on the billboard and they got me looking at it, right? They know, right, where it's strategically placed to get our attention. We get caught with infomercials, right, that just tantalize us with something that we need. And we find ourselves being caught up with that or coupon flyers that come in the mail, that, that come in bundles and bundles, right? Hopefully we have enough trees in the world just for the coupon booklet, right? To think, man, how much is coming? How much am I going to get? Uh, I don't know if some of you, I get caught... Uh, I've been working on my golf game a little bit, and I got stuck on YouTube, and every time I get halfway through, I get stopped by what? 
a commercial in the middle of the YouTube that I'm watching, and I'm like, oh my gosh, another commercial, right? Trying to vie for my attention about getting me to buy one of their products. Well, if any of you have maybe driven to Florida or you found yourself on I-95, you know that through billboards and signage, we are enticed to pull off at every exit, right? They want you to come and see what they have. But there's one business in South Carolina that puts all of the others to shame, right? It's called South of the border. Has anybody ever seen, right, the, the plethora of billboards that go along trying to get you? I think we got a couple of pictures that we're going to show you, right, that, that they, they do better than anybody else to be able to draw you in, right, to see all the things that they have available for you. Maybe 20 years ago, Debbie and I had a chance to drive out west, and, uh, and uh, we were on I-90 West, and soon as you get to the other side of Chicago, uh, there's another one of these roadside attractions known as the Wall Drugstore that captivates your attention for over 500 miles. There is billboard after billboard after billboard after billboard. I mean, it drives you insane. In fact, a lot of them, they add this little idea that there's free ice water, right? That's their big hope to pull you in to all the things that are there. And by the time you get to its location, listen, on the western side of South Dakota. Now, if you don't know your geography, from Chicago to the far side of South Dakota is like 10,000 miles, all right? I mean, it's like an eternity driving there, and like every five miles is another massive billboard for the Wall Drugstore. There is so much pressure on you while you're driving that you're like, you know what? We got to stop. We got to find out like what the Wall Drugstore, and I'm getting a free glass of ice water while I'm there, right? I mean, it's just insane, but here's the thing, and although it's kind of an Americana, kind of pull-off-the-road kind of attraction, but many things like that have the, that, that have the attention or have the, 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 the power to draw our attention more times than not never live up to the hype, right? I mean, after all of those signs, like you're there and it's kind of cool, but you're like, like, really? You know? Like, it took 500 miles of advertising to get me to come to this, right? More times than not, as it buys for our attention and we buy into it, we kind of feel ourselves being left empty. Like, the promises were too good to be true. How many are tracking with me this morning? You see, it's all about the path and the direction, really, that is so important for you. You see, the reality is, is that you are where you are. That we are where we are because that's the path that we've chosen. That's what we've talked about for these last eight weeks. It's not really a surprise. I know that we try to mystify it and we try to convince ourselves of otherwise, but the reason you are where you are is because that's the path You've chosen. It's really just as simple as that. And so as we close our series today, I've got one more teaching point around this idea of attention. Because there are so many distractions that want to take you off the right path. 
And so you and I have got to learn how to have the right attention so that we can get to where it is that God has for us. So here's what I want us to learn today. That attention provides direction and it is direction that determines our destination. So if you are not where you want to be, then today is an idea of understanding the focus and the attention and putting it back where it needs to be so that we can ultimately get where not only we want to be, but where God wants us to be as well. You see, whatever we give our attention to will slowly begin to pull us into its path. I mean, you can name all kinds of things in our life that whether you realize how much attention you are giving it, and really the trick of it is, is that without us really knowing it, right, we are being vying for our attention. That's why advertisers and billboards, why they're incessant in trying to get to you because slowly they are just pulling you, pulling us into their Pathway. It's these influences that can either bring great success or can produce grave dangers to our life. And that's why, again, we need to be focused on what we are giving our attention to. You say, well, what, what would be some help in that, Pastor? Well, in this arena of distractions, we've learned if some of is when we start to hand over car keys, right, to our 16-year-olds, how important it is that we speak to them about not getting distracted. You see, we were there as well, so we're not beating up on them. We realize the struggle that, that we were a part of at that age as well. We know that when kids first learn to drive, they're often more interested in adjusting the radio than the rear view mirror. Hello? Right? They've got a lot of other thoughts and desires. They, they don't know what really is waiting for them out there and what the power of distraction could not only do to them, but to some other innocent driver, right, going in the opposite direction. Our job as parents, as teachers, is to help them with focus and limit distractions that ultimately could prove to be fatal. A number of years ago, there was the no texting while driving pledge that, that captured our attention. Why? Because we realize it's easy to allow distractions to lead us onto the wrong pathway. At some point, the scary thing is that, that, that us as drivers, we've, we've probably all done it at some point. Whether something dropped and we reached down to pick it up or we did try to change a channel or we were trying to text while we were driving only to realize, and thankfully, whether nothing happened harmfully in your situation, but you realize that you've crossed the line or the danger that that, that could have been in that situation. However, I realize necessarily not all distractions are bad. Debbie was very distracted by me while we were in college, and that turned out to be a really, really good thing for us. Okay, maybe it was the other way around. So today, let's talk about this idea of things that tend to grab or capture our attention and the desire that we need to be able to keep ourselves on the right 
path. Just two things this morning. So easy for you to hopefully just get them into your spirit. And, and again, let this be a cap of, of everything that we have talked about. And we have this idea that we're on the path and, and that we want to get to the desired destination. For those of us uh, that believe in, in Scripture and what Easter has meant to us and what Christ did for us, that destination is to be with him in heaven. Jesus said to us in John that I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, the desire is, is that you will come and live in my house forever and forever. And so we know that's the destination. But to get there, we walk a path. We walk a path. In fact, Jesus said that there is a broad path, but, but without intention, without focus, that leads to a, a way. It, it leads to, a, a, to a, a place far from where God is, that narrow road that leads to eternal life. And so here's the first thing that I want you to be reminded of with me today is that we pay attention to the path. Can you say that with me? We are to pay Attention. Come on, say it again. We are to pay attention. I think we've heard that phrase, but let's just kind of pause there for just a minute. Isn't it an interesting phrase? Now, it might not be that interesting to you because we've said it a thousand times. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Right? Why do we associate the term pay with attention. Well, pay implies what? There's a cost. There's a price. There's something of value, right, that, that, that goes along with that, right? See, what starts to make sense to us is that if you don't pay attention to health when you're young, how many know later on down the road it's probably going to cost you, all right? If you don't discipline your child properly, as they grow older, they will pay a hard price. Yes? If it comes time for retirement, you've got nothing to live on. That's why we pay attention. That's why those words are linked together. You see, as we've seen over the past weeks, it was distractions that humbled David Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, his son, Rehoboam. However, their miscalculations did not necessarily start that trend in Israel. Sadly, that pathway was already well-worn. You see, as God was giving direction to Israel, they are God's people. God chose from Abraham that I'm going to be the God of Israel, and I'm going to lead, and I'm going to guide, and I'm going to bless, I'm going to do things for you because I've chosen you. He provided them instruction over and over and over. He wanted to capture their attention. However, when we look throughout Scripture, Israel had a really hard time paying attention, and they ended up paying the cost. Yes? Here's what the word says in Deuteronomy chapter 7. God speaking to Israel. Know therefore, and I want you to pay attention. We're going to put it on the screen. This is good stuff here. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. 
keeping his covenant of love even to the thousand generations. Of those who love him and keep his commandments, therefore take care to follow the commands, decrees, and laws I give you today. It goes on to say, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you. As he swore to your ancestors, he will love and bless you and even increase your numbers. Now, here's a couple of things that we have to understand right at the beginning. You see, first of all, this is God declaring his nature to his people. He did this in the Old Testament to Israel. He does that in the New Testament time to us, the church. We are why Christ came. Christ died for you and I to be adopted into this family of God. And it's these same words that God wants to do in your life, in my life. It's this same caution that he throws out for you and I to get to the destination is that we've got to pay attention. But before God acts or enacts anything on our behalf, he declares, first of all, who he is to his people. And I want to remind you this morning that on your journey, on your path, I want to remind you today of who your God is today as well. God declared his nature. He says, I am God. You see, we have to recognize today there is no other God. They're all fallacies. They're all made up. But this God of Israel, this God of the church, this God of you today is the one-off. He is the one and only God, and he declares, I desire to be your God. Do you realize that the God that is has a desire to know you intimately? How many think that's pretty awesome, right? That God wanted Israel to know, God wanted the church to know that I am God And that I am your God. It gets even better as we read back again through Deuteronomy chapter 7. He said, and I want you to know that I am forever faithful. Somebody say amen today. I am forever faithful. Listen, there have been moments where you may have doubted God, but he is forever faithful. He is a no doubt God, right? That's what God is. The God that can do everything. We're weak. We may choose to doubt, but God is forever faithful. This was his declaration. As he was setting up, listen, I'm going to be God over you. You're going to be my people, and this is what I want you to know in this relationship. I want you to know me. I want you to know my character. I, know, I want you to know what I'm going to promise to do for you. And then ultimately, he says, I love you. I love you with a covenant love. And that just simply means it is an un ending love. That that covenant will never be broken. I know we feel like like we've broken the covenant or we struggle at times to wonder if God really loves us, but the truth of scripture is is that God is a covenant keeping God. And if he promises to love you, then guess what? He loves you. That's his promise to you. Listen, if you don't feel better, like if I, we just stopped right now, you got to say, man, I'm glad I came to church today, right? Because I'm reminded that when the path gets difficult, that I've got a God who's the only God who is faithful to me and who loves me forever. 
You see, he always does what he says. And he told Israel, and he says to us, that he blesses us when we follow his commands. You see, there's that cause and effect. We're not going to get his blessing, right, just because, just because we, we have a label or we have a name. We realize that we get his blessing because we are obedient, because we stay on the path, because we are attentive to what he's asked us to do and to live how he's asked us to live. Well, then he goes on, again, Deuteronomy chapter 7, is that he gives a decree over our nature, right? And this is where, again, the power and the truth of Scripture gets so good because, first of all, he declares his nature, right, which is untouchable, which is like over-the-top amazing, but then he helps us to recognize our nature. How many know he is God, we are not, right? How many know God never messes up it's our nature, and well, we struggle from time to time, right? It's our nature. David said we were born into sin. There are things, there are attractions that pull us away, that help us to lose focus on the path. Should I have you raise your hands if that's ever happened to you? You don't have to do that, but how many would think we'd have a lot of hands today, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things that vie for our attention that move us from the path that God has for us. You see, when God spoke this to Israel way back in the Old Testament, Israel were surrounded by pagan or by heathen people. They were doing ungodly things. They were worshiping false gods. They were doing horrific things. And we, like Israel... The more that you are around an influence, there is an attraction to those distractions. Somebody say yes. The power of influence. That's why there are signs. That's why there are billboards. That's why there are infomercials. They are vying for your attention. They want to bring influence into your life to get your head to turn a little bit or to seek out a new path. Listen, we could call it our sinful nature, right, that we were born into. We could call it peer pressure, right? We didn't, we didn't necessarily run after some of those things, but we recognized I was hanging around a group of friends, a group of people that were involved in that kind of thing, and it just seemed the more I involved myself with them, that influence that, 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 that was there just seemingly began to pull me in that direction as well. A lot of you probably have that story. It's the attraction to distraction. You see, and here's the caution. These distractions oftentimes can begin seeming very casual. Maybe almost undetectable. Most of the time, we never see it coming. It's what we would call a slow fade. See, and that's where a lot of times, as we've used over the series, people kind of wake up one moment and just kind of say, how did I get here? It wasn't some big switch that we threw one day, he was just this power of influence, this law of attraction that little by little by little began to mess with us until we didn't see where we were headed. 
Some of you that know David's story, right? We, we kind of see a pinnacle or a crux when he was looking over the balcony and saw Bathsheba, right, down taking a bath. And then kind of uh, most sermons or stories are told that, that not only did David get a quick first look, but then he took a long second look, right? But the truth is that really wasn't the beginning of David's downfall. If you turn a few chapters back, you'll realize that David was having trouble with women long before Bathsheba. It was a journey. It was a path he was already on. Bathsheba wasn't the first. It was just the first one that got him caught. Solomon We talked about his story, that he indulged his flesh to the very end. I mean, I'm going to go to the end of of everything and and try to exercise what is the meaning, like what, what is the benefit here, only to realize as he exhausted all of that, it was all meaningless. The path that he chose brought him to a dead end time and time again. And he, like his father, his end was not very good. You see, to get things right and consistent, we've got to have a template. See, in the Old Testament, I realize for some of you that are maybe new to this and and reading certain places, we would kind of feel almost overwhelmed at the, quote, rules and the regulations that God put out for Israel. I mean, this is how it is to be done. It's in this order. It's with these specific materials. And like our head would just kind of go, like, wow. Like how much uh, to, to follow all of those things. But you see, God was working in a way in the Old Testament that is unlike the example that, that he was about to send for you and I. He was using the the tabernacle or the priest or these lambs that were being sacrificed over and over. That was going to be their window into the pathway that they were to follow. And I'm sure that it was difficult day in and day out. But God says, I'm going to renew my covenant with my church and with my people. And I'm going to put all of that away and I'm going to write a new covenant. And this covenant is not going to be based on human items, it's going to be based on my son, Jesus Christ. And he is the one template and original that we get our eyes focused on. We follow his words. We follow his examples. And listen, not to say that it's not easy from time to time, but how many know, Lord, it's way easier than all the Old Testament stuff. I realize today when I get my eyes off the path, all I need to do is what? Get my eyes and get my heart fixed back on Jesus and him alone. And it's his power. We sang about the power of the Holy Spirit working in us today that draws us back to him. Jesus is the template for you and I today to keep us on the path. Let me tell you honestly, right? If you are off the path, you've gotten your eyes off Jesus. Yes? If you're off the path... Somewhere along the line, something else vying for your attention, using its influence. Listen, did it happen like this? Probably not. It was probably a slow fate. Little things that, that you gave up. We live in a town where there, 
is a lot of business that is built on exact tolerances. A lot of tool and dye manufacturing here in Erie. They say that a human hair is on average 100 microns thick, about one-tenth of a millimeter. Now, for those of you, some today that work in the tool and dye industry, that could sound like a Grand Canyon to you, right? We hear one-tenth of a millimeter thinking, wow, that is so small. But there are businesses today that are, that are doing business in the one-one-thousandth of millimeters or inches, right? You know that. It, it boggles our mind at, at how exacting, how small those tolerances are. You see, and I want to challenge you before we end this series and end our service today, is to what is the tolerance in your spiritual life with Jesus? If he is the template, then the pursuit and the desire within us today is that we match our lives to his word, to his teachings, to his lifestyle, to his heart, to his hands, as exacting as we possibly can. You see, it's these small discrepancies that are usually undetectable at first. But the longer that it goes, we know that it is no longer going to line up with the templates. That's where we kind of come to our come-to-life moment and realize, how did I get here? How, how did I get this far gone, this far lost? Well, it was just one little tiny decision after another Right, That you were putting other things before God's word. And over time you recognize that these discrepancies that didn't seem like a big deal at the moment now have proved that you are far from where you should be. You see, in this kind of lifestyle, good is not good enough. Come on, you say amen to that. I know you don't want to. In your spiritual life, good is not good enough. Ball parking it is not good enough, right? We don't want you to live for Jesus on Sunday and then live for yourself Monday through Saturday and call it good. Good is not good enough. You see, if you don't want to live by those exacting tolerances, if that's too much for you, we were joking over the last summer, we were building the playground out here for ELC and for our kids, and there were a number of guys obviously helping that, and we had to dig 52 holes for all of the posts to go into, and they gave us a grid, and they gave us numbers, and actually Joe Petrosevich had some guys at GE kind of work a, a grid for us, and it was a little comical at first because some of these holes were going to be eight. 18 inches wide, right? A, a hole 18 inches around. But when Joe brought us the plans, these guys had measured it out. It needed to be 13 feet, 14 inches, and a third, or a 32nd. And I looked at Joe, I'm like, come on, Joe, a 32nd on an 18-inch hole? He's like, I know, but that's how these guys live, right? Like, they don't ballpark it, they put it down to the, listen, that 32nd wouldn't matter from here to eternity, but it mattered to those guys, right? 
We used to joke, and I live on Cahe Road, and, and sometimes when the numbers were off a little bit by an inch or two, we'd sit back and say, hey, it'll look good from Cahe, right? Don't worry, right? We were, we were ballparking it. Listen, you might get away with that with some built-in tolerances, but your project, your house, you would never be satisfied with a contractor ballparking it continually and building your house. You'd be really upset if the attitude of your contractor said, hey, come on, good is good enough. No, not in the, in the money that I'm spending, no. Good isn't good enough. Like we want it exact to the way the blueprints put it is the way we want our house to be built. Somebody say yes. So are you making the connection? Then we want you to live your spiritual life the same way. You say, Pastor, that's... That's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible if you're in control, but it's not impossible if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct you. You see, before you start to get too far off path, it's the Holy Spirit that God promised to give to us that starts to whisper gently. You say, well, how do I know I hear that voice? Well, you learn to pray and you learn to talk to God. You learn to be open and sensitive to God and God begins to speak. You feel that presence inside of you. That conscious that we live with. Listen, you say, oh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Listen, you've all heard that feeling of consciousness in your You've all tried to do something and, and you've got that sense like, nah, maybe I better not do that. You, listen, we've all, come on. We all have an inner voice, yes? But the scripture tells us that God has a heavenly inner voice, his Holy Spirit, that wants to guide you and to keep you. If you, if you follow what God wants to do in your life, then God has made this commitment to us to help us on the path. Let's be honest today. Your spiritual life did not implode in a day. Yes? Your marriage didn't end all of a sudden. I know that's not true. Your kid didn't turn out to be a terror on their 14th birthday. Your retirement account didn't turn up empty one day after you retired. You didn't stop going to church all at once. You see, in all those things, it's been a slow fade. You are where you are today because something got your attention to determine your direction, and your direction is what determines your destination. Are you with me? So I've got to listen and I've got to see this template that God has put before me and that I've got to give it my focus so that I get where it is God has always wanted me to get. That's why God chose himself, why he sent his son to be the master template. Has the church slipped ground over the last decade? Probably. And how did it happen? Slowly. Is the church not seeing the things maybe that the church saw 30 years ago? Why? Because we've been distracted. From Deuteronomy to Jeremiah to Jesus. So, so if we went a thousand years beyond what God was saying to Moses and Israel at the beginning, believe it or not, God had to say the same thing to the people of Israel again during the times of the prophet Jeremiah. Does that sound like a big shock to you? No, because very often do we ever stay on the path perfectly. There comes a time, right, where something gets our attention. Jeremiah chapter 7 says this. This is what the Lord 
Almighty, the God of Israel, says. This is really kind of in your face from God. He said, go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat for yourselves. This is, again, Old Testament where they had to offer kind of animals and sacrifice. For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, he's referencing Deuteronomy chapter 7, I did not give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them a command to follow me. In other words, the Bible says, Jesus said, I would rather have obedience than sacrifice. See, we can dress it up and we can hope to amuse everybody else outwardly about what the heart at the altar, where it matters. You see, God sees that. God says, listen, I'm glad, right, like you're serving or you're helping, you're teaching or you're doing it, you're bringing food in for real life. Listen, that's all good stuff, but that's not really what I ask you to do. What I'm asking you to do, first of all, is to put me in the right place in your hearts. And then out of that, this outflow will then bring benefit. This is where I'm going to bless you. Because before I bless you, you've got to commit to follow my commands. But I gave them this command, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Is everybody seeing the connection here? God's not just outwardly blessing. God says there's a little bit of cause and effect here. This is my nature. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be forever with you. But I'm not going to get, let you get away with what you want to get away with. Everybody say, ouch, right? God says you need to obey. You need to follow my commands. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts, and they went backwards, not forward. What pace do you think they went at backwards? Fast or slow? Probably slow, right? One little decision here, one little look there, one little good is good enough, who's ever going to know? You see, they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and ended up doing more evil than even their ancestors before them. So my challenge today, friends, if we are going to get to the right destination, is that we pay attention. Here's number two, and we're going to end. I want you to then plan ahead. You see, whatever trip we're going to go on, you're going to take your family, you're going to go across. And listen, some of those trips are fun, like where there's seemingly no agenda, but we realize there's a lot of challenge in all of that as well. You see, you can't risk your eternity. The Bible says there is only one way to eternal life. Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the only way. Listen, you want to debate that, we can do that at another time. I'm just telling you over and over and over and over what the Bible says. The reason why Jesus came was to put that old covenant of the Old Testament away so that now there aren't a plethora of things to jump through or do. There's only one. There is one template. There is one lamb. There is one answer. There is one hope, and his name is Jesus. And if you plan to get to a destination, 
then you need to plan today. Today, you are in the position to choose your destination rather than discovering it once you arrive. I mean, that's, that's either the greatest news you could ever have or that's the scariest news you could ever get today. Because even in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said, there are those that think they're going to show up in heaven. And Jesus is going to say, when they stand before the great throne, he's going to say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. They were convinced for 60 or 70 years, they did what they thought was going to be enough to get to their destination, only to hear, no way. And they're going to find themselves discovering that they are going to arrive at a much different destination. So I want to challenge you in this last moment that we have this morning to not only pay attention, but to make plans today for your destination. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says this, we must pay the most careful attention. Can you see that with me one more time? We are to pay attention how? The most, what? Careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So I'm just going to ask you in these next couple of moments that we have together, is that you give the most careful attention in this next minute or two about the choice that maybe you have made or that you have never made about what your ultimate destination is truly going to look like. You see, if it doesn't include asking Jesus to come into your life, you're on the wrong path. He's the door. He's the only way. There is no other. The template has to include having Jesus in your heart. And God loves you enough that you are here today to hear that. Maybe some of you are hearing that for the very first time. God's great with that. God, God loved you enough to bring you to a place that you hear the truth that eternity is going to matter on the choices that we have today and path that we have to follow. You see, not only is God concerned about the direction of your life, but God is concerned about the quality of your life as well. So I'm going to have our team in just a moment put a couple of questions. There are five in total. And I'm just going to ask just that we be prayerful. It's only going to take a minute. But as they flash through every few seconds, that you'll be prayerful about your direction today. And maybe by asking yourself this question, really seeking for some truth or some answers, maybe you don't have an answer to them today. But this can be the beginning of a journey, maybe staying here at Real Life, or maybe come to talk to me, that will be an opportunity for you to pay attention and begin to plan about where your destination is. So let's go through these five. We're going to put them up for a few seconds each. And as you read through them, I want you to consider your spiritual life today. What deserves, right? Go ahead, Julie. So for just the next couple of seconds, 
Think about your spiritual life today. Here's the next one. Knowing that it might take some change, here's the next one. You see, some of us, this might require change for us today. From the path that we are on to getting to the path that we need to be on. That influence that we've talked about. Maybe there's some things you need to walk away from to start walking to something new that God has. Here's another. Maybe something now that you're where you are today that a year ago or you would have said five years ago. I would never only to find some of those influences are in your life today. What do you need to take action on? What needs to change today? And then just what more? Are there some distractions that are controlling you? Listen, you might say, well, pastor, it's no big deal. (laughs) I can control it. It doesn't really matter, does it? Listen, anything that is in opposition to God's word is going to be a slow fade pull from really where you need to be. Good is not good enough. You can't ballpark your spiritual life today. 